Hello again. <laughs> so soon. Uh, just on, only a week apart. This is feels very, very unusual. Yeah, let's see if I can get one of these episodes up, though. That'll be the real kicker. Oh, no, no, no. It'll be unlike, uh, I mean, or it'll be exactly like that episode that showed up, I don't know, like two weeks ago, something like that, um, on a movie that I didn't even remember seeing. And then apparently we did a podcast on it. Mm. So there you go. I'll uh, I'll get us slightly off track just to start, of course. So I uh, scheduled for myself on the uh, the Grand Gesture, the rom-com podcast that I also do sporadically. Uh, yeah. Definitely, maybe. And I'm like, I've, I've seen that, right? But didn't have much <laughs> memory of it. So I, what do I do? I Google myself. I Google War Machine versus War Horse. Sure enough, there's an episode of Definitely, Maybe. So I'm like, do I watch the movie again? Or, or do you do just, just listen to yourself talking about the movie? Yes. And will that give me enough ammunition but there was also a third option that presented itself. How about I just take that section of that episode out of, uh, I believe it was Deadpool. That was the episode that was for. Remove all the Deadpool bits, all the references, <laughs> and repackage it. So that will be appearing uh, next month on the Grand Gesture feed, a uh, special edition. <laughs> My <laughs> definitely maybe conversation from 2016. How's that for podcasting? Wow. See, that seems like a lot more work than just having the conversation again, like actually going back and listening to it and editing it and pulling out certain bits just seems like more work than it would be. Then you're saving yourself the time of actually just saying it again, watching the movie. That's a fair point, but I'm having a, as the editor, I'm having a conversation with myself, which is really the only person I want to talk to. So, <laughs> you know, it's that, uh, that whole, what did you accuse me of, of the, uh, the the mic on mics or whatever podcast I want to do. <laughs> mic on mic, yeah. Fancy girls and their fancy dresses and their lipstick. I'm laughing and dancing. But you stop them, don't you? I can't stop them. But you do, don't you? Oh, you still there? I lost you there for a second. Oh, no, I'm still here. Still okay. Here. Well, I, I, got... was, I, was, I was reveling in the moment of the a world where Mike on Mike exists. That's all. I was just enjoying that for a second. Coming soon. I always say, coming soon. Uh, all right, we're talking about Maniac. Star, we are. Yeah. Um, I had not seen this. Does that surprise you? That does not surprise me in the least, but I, I think that um, there's several major deviations in, <laughs> in uh, I guess, our coming of age in filmhood. And this was the part where I saw certain slasher films and then said, oh, if you like this, also, you know, the at a point in time when there would be the recommended buy from a certain person at the video store. And there was the person who would have, you know, last house on the left and what other films they were recommending. And I remember seeing the box art for this. And at one week, this was recommended when I was 12, 13 years old or something. The first time I saw this. And so, yeah, I've, I've got, I've been familiar with this film longer than I can remember not knowing it. So yeah, this has been a part of my entire life. And coming into it, like I have very warm feelings for this movie, which might seem really strange, but um, what's this like seeing it for the first time as an adult, as opposed to an impressionable child when I saw it? Well, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a mature man <laughs> by any means, so I, I don't know if I'm providing a, an adult perspective. I I mean, the, the thing that I couldn't get over was how ugly our lead character is not god i knew it <laughs> not, yeah okay so when we talked last week on the uh the great swim fan which is what i brought you know to your your household and you bring me this uh which is not sexy you're, you're welcome by the way <laughs> yeah um well okay so the, the marketing here uh as we left off with the, the poster on imdb <laughs> which is this you know, you don't see the the man. You don't even see his chest. Just his uh, hand, a blade, a uh, uh, head. He's holding in the other hand. But more importantly, the head and the uh, knife 
are framing a huge bulge in his pants. I did not get uh, that, or at least I didn't get the guy who I wanted to have a big bulge. Yeah, I mean, he's got <laughs> he's got a prominent pot belly that he's working on, so it's you know you'd have to move that aside best you can. And so what I kept coming back to was, and I'd not, I'd not seen so when the director here, uh, William Lustig. Uh, yeah. Maniac Cop. I recognize Maniac Cop. I've not seen those movies, but I recognize there's them. A, there's three of them. It's a, it's a trilogy. Are those held in high regard in any way? or? Um, it's diminishing returns. Um, I, I would say for the slasher crowd, you could put it in the RoboCop uh, franchise as far as part one <laughs> a really is held in really high regard, pretty much considered a classic amongst the uh, slasher group. Um, but then as you go further into the franchise, it just gets worse and worse. So I have no frame of reference for the man's actual work other than this, which you, this. Uh, you had me sit through and uh, fits and starts over my weekend. <laughs> so what I, oh, what, what's that like to read to, start this and then revisit it to come back to it. Cause I, I, this is, I mean, this is a revenge watch, um, for, <laughs> to, to me, because you were watching, making me watch essentially the Dawson's Creek version of fatal attraction. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I wanted to give you sort of, I guess the inside my 13 year old psyche, that same version of that. So what's that like to, spend that much time in this world. Cause that's more time than I've about, ever spent in your mind as a 13 year old. It was unpleasant. It was, yeah, because, it was unpleasant. Because, in, <laughs> because I've only ever, I've never the, the, this particular film, it's something that I've started and then I've never come back to for years later. It's something that it's pretty much, I think this is all, like one of those ones I would put in the Terminator two camp as far as whenever formats change i end up owning this Mm. um even though i might not watch it on every format it's something that i want to know that's on the shelf and i never think about revisiting it that soon i just want to know that it's there and so (laughs) that's a strange comfort blanket that you have on your shelf with with this particular particular title um can, let me throw a tangent your way. Um, sure, please. Uh, quarantine update. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The, okay. the, the Deniston household. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> spending a lot of time with the, the wife. Uh, yeah, she's, she's not a fan of this, I'm assuming. Well, that that contributed to the fits and starts with me, like uh, kind of like a stolen moment <laughs> watching mm-hmm. this because I I did not ever entertain the notion of, you know, putting this, this bulge in front of her. Cause it's, it's not going to be good for me, right? If I'm going to get what I want, which is the huge bulge, I don't need her to see that. I don't need her having that as a reference point living with me. And then if it's not, if it, you know, what it turned out to be, that's, that's not her taste. But you, you mentioning the, uh, the, the need to have maniac in every, uh, the evolving format of home mm-hmm. video at some point, um, and I don't remember what the uh, – oh, it was a movie called Damage with Jeremy Irons. Have you ever seen that? I've never seen this. I, I've never seen it, no. I Well, it, I think it fit with what you were lamenting uh, me having you sit through last week, which was these like erotic thrillers, which mm-hmm. <laughs> I now I see the difference between the two of us as far as what I want in erotic thrillers and <laughs> this <laughs> – impotent man <laughs> who wants to be close and put his hands on beautiful things only to take them away from the world. Okay. So when I watch <laughs> quote unquote erotic thriller, <laughs> I watch maniac and I walk away feeling better about who I am as mm. a human. When I watch swim fan, I feel less when I'm, when I'm the teenage version of me, I, I feel like, Oh, well, I'm never going to be the swim guy. So, and the swim guy that's that handsome and in shape and he still has this crazy thing in his life. Um, what could I possibly aspire to? And so when I have my standards set this low, it feels much better. I feel better about the world knowing that this is a standard. It's an interesting point of view. Uh, I, I, I think I'm just misguided or I, like I've either have, uh, uh, it's a healthy amount of uh, self-confidence 
uh, because I always think I'm better than the swim fan dude. I'm like, yeah, you deserve that because <laughs> you're kind of a tool. <laughs> you didn't play it cool, man. Not as cool as I would have if this was presented to me, uh, the brave woman girl. But see, I see myself that same way, but I know that the world <laughs> probably sees me closer to the maniac guy than the swim. <laughs> guy. Now, my self-perception is something way <laughs> out of line with the way the world views me. So kind of like, and I think that's actually mirrors back to um, in our characters mind's eye. He probably sees himself as the bulge on the, on mm. the cover up even though that's not anything that's represented in this film at all. So the only so, note I took here uh, plays to that. I have one note because um, I, I was, for the most part, hate watching this, uh, hating you, <laughs> uh, until we get to this, this strange, strange turn of events where uh, our maniac, uh, Frank Zito, gets the stones to uh, go on a proper date with this lovely lady. <laughs> <laughs> and it cuts to like he he shows up at her place. I presume he's going to kill her because she's taking his picture in the park. No, 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 no. no. Let, let's go on a little uh, my dinner with Andre for a few moments here at the Clam Casino. I, I had to go back and be like, wait, what is the name of this place that he decided to take this <laughs> stunning woman? Who I I, I kept waiting for uh, a twist, uh, which I kind of like that it doesn't come about. That they just play it straight, where she's like, yeah, I'll go out with you. You're, you seem interesting, and I'm like, what? What are you looking at that I'm not seeing? This this fucking freak show, like right in right in front of you, and she doesn't seem to acknowledge that he is. I mean, he is not that far removed from like the comic book guy from The Simpsons as far as shape, and he does breathe heavily and awkwardly, especially yeah. when he's in the uh, the heat of the moment for his kills. But man, he can flip that switch <laughs> until I mean, we cut to the clam casino. And he, his opening line with her when they're properly seated on their date is, you know, you're the most beautiful woman I've seen since my mom. <laughs> and just leaves it there. And she then she has to, like, pick up that ball and try to make something reasonable out of it. I was, I was into the movie from that point going forward. I actually then turned against the movie again because I wanted to see more of his dating life <laughs> interspersed so, with so this. You're kind of looking for a curb your enthusiasm version of this world where it's just the actual the tinder version of um this character going out and dating and the sort of wacky mishaps of a sociopath kind of the uh like the american psycho version like i always really liked in one of the uh the bonus features on that that disc that uh the director uh, she said that christian bale was the only one that she she wanted for the role even though uh, I think for a brief moment, DiCaprio was attached and like Christian Bale right. was like kicked off the project as, as she was for, for Oliver Stone. Uh, the reason she wanted Bale and felt so strongly about it was he was the only one that recognized that Patrick Bateman was actually a dork, like a huge dork. <laughs> <laughs> like he was not as smooth and sophisticated as, uh, you know, the presentation would lead you to believe or his, uh, social status. I mean, in, it's clear as day when you actually watch the film as far as his taste in music and what he thinks is, right. you know, Huey Lewis uh, being on the cutting edge <laughs> or Genesis, <laughs> not there. There was an element of Maniac that I could I could sort of see the steps. I don't, you know, I've not seen Maniac Cop. I've not seen these slasher movies that, that you've seen. I've seen, you know, give me the hits. But I could see it connecting to that character in American Psycho where <laughs> this guy – yeah, you talk about us not really having the same uh, viewpoint as everyone else is and how they see us. Like he 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 throws on the glasses, goes to the clam casino, and suddenly he he thinks he is Christian Bale. He thinks he's <laughs> he, he is that physically but, fit and he's that smooth. But isn't that 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 that's one of the things that I kind of love about this movie is that it takes that, that like. I don't know what is, it's probably a good like five minutes of the movie where it just has this little aside um, and becomes this whole other thing that becomes weirdly relatable. Um, and I'm not saying I feel any empathy towards this character what whatsoever. Um, and they go a long way to it where having all the point of view shots that they have, I think are probably as effective in this film as anything in Halloween or sort of the slasher films of this era where they were starting to play around with that from their point of view. Um, but at no real time do I feel like the 
the filmmaker wants me to root for this character. Um, it's just, I, I look down on him in that moment and feel a little bit sorry for him in that half second. If you kind of remove that scene, <laughs> not isolate it by itself. But, you know, you watch the Friday the 13th films or the Jason films or anything of that era, or even the Halloween films, and you're pulling for the killer most of the time because they make the people that are the innocents so unlikable um, that you, you know, just you, you end up siding with the bad guy. In this film, it's the exact opposite, where I, to me at least, where I always found myself like siding with nobody. In this film, and it was more akin to what came later with Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, um, even though that was executed, I think, far better. This was more of a precursor to that than a lot of the films that got aligned with, where you know, I think this is, has a lot more to say and is far more interesting than the movies that it was associated with at the time. Yeah, I've never, uh, never had the need to watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. It's oh, funny. that's changed. That, that's changing. Oh, is that going to be? You're going to have to give me like I'm. I'm calling the next pick on this show because I I can't have two weeks of this. We're we're going back and forth. That's the idea. I now I'm figuring out like which romantic comedy can I present as a palate cleanser in between. There was a uh, quote. Who was it here? Uh, Okay, this is a review from DVD Talk uh, because I was just looking Mm -hmm. at the Wikipedia page and they 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 made the same point that you did as far as like this is a stepping stone to to what would be like i guess far more uh uh critically well received with the uh, portrait of a serial killer henry there but he's, he made the point that they were both equally unpleasant and i'm like oh great <laughs> <laughs> cool <laughs> maynard says hey we're gonna put that one on there too i'm like yeah let's just let's just oh, keep no, no, doing no. That. We're, we're not getting there yet that's something that we're going to aspire to oh, we're going to go see. so see that that you're getting to michael rooker as your star, that, that's a name. We're not getting the names for a while. We, that's that's on the horizon. You get to look forward to that. I uh, I'm gonna keep looking for erotic thrillers. That that was what I was getting to earlier. The uh, the, the problem in my household is not making my wife watch this. <laughs> but someone uh, I was reading uh, David Poland. Have you ever checked out his stuff? Um, he a little bit, yeah. Yeah, he's he's got a great. I don't know if he's still doing it. Well, I guess he's not doing it now because he would interview people in person. But he has a a series on YouTube which is called DP Thirty, and it's just an uninterrupted take with the camera just on the uh, the subject being interviewed. And it's just it's really cool because it removes all the uh, you know the the usual sort of sound bites of it. You just sit with someone for a half hour and listen to them talk about a particular movie or their career. But he uh, on his blog was talking about just you know he here's what I've been bouncing around watching like in uh, our sort of shelter at home lifestyle and it was yeah. kind of a cool little column because it was just like I watched this that got me thinking about that so I bounced here then I bounced there so you're just sort of following that sort of train of thought as far as if I'm yeah. if I'm stuck at home watching movies uh, <laughs> I ended up here and here's all the stuff in the middle. And he mentioned this erotic thriller, uh, Damage, which I uh, remembered. Like, oh, yeah, Jeremy Irons is in that. Have not seen it. Uh, and then lamented that uh, Criterion uh, Collection had not uh, not put this uh, out. And uh, someone pointed out in the comments, oh, yeah, they did on Laserdisc. So what did I do? Jesus. <laughs> I immediately start looking. Uh, what's a Laserdisc player going to cost me now? But- <laughs> And my wife caught me looking like you know, looking through laserdisc players, and the withering gaze that I got from her, like I, I might as well like it would have been nothing for me just to have uh, lesbian porn up on my phone, just blatantly in front of her. But the fact that I was looking at laserdisc players was like a far greater offense. And she just said, "Really, really? That's what you're? <laughs> that's that's where we're going now." Unfortunately, my house when. I lived close to the college here in Tucson, um, was robbed and all my laser discs were stolen. Ah, ah. And so I, I had a really good collection of laser discs. Um, but I really, it's one of those things I cannot possibly justify going back and repurchasing at this point, but it was so painful when, you know, like the aliens special edition in CAV was, God, that, that was like a hundred bucks a pop for these, you know, laser discs that we had. And you would have to put on, you know, four discs to get through these things. They were ridiculous. Um, but I did have the one that automatically switched sides mm. on it. And so that, that, that was fancy. Um, I, 
the other day almost convinced Andy that my wife that we should get a VHS player because there's certain stuff that we just can't find on DVD or Blu-ray that there's certain things here and there that it would be kind of fun to have and some of our things that we have from childhood. And so I think I'm slowly starting to work back to where I'll be able to get the Laserdisc player, purchase that, and then eventually I think my real end goal is to get a video disc player again. I think that's my real goal in life is to have that again. There's a reason probably people would look at you like the uh, character from Maniac. They just took that. <laughs> no, it's, 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 I deserve it. That, I'm not that saying that one I'm little soundbite. <laughs> Here's my ultimate goal: <laughs> happily married, father of two. <laughs> just you know, there's there's still that uh, still that itch that needs to be scratched. But I think that something about. Like it, it's weird in this point in time. Uh, like I, I just want to, I'll, I'll just go ahead and reveal what I want to make you watch, because um, I had th- this is it fits with this this very topic. Uh, it's the 25 year anniversary of French Kiss, starring Meg Ryan and Kevin Klein. Never and seen our, it. I had not either. Our uh, mutual friend Dave. Wait, uh, is that? Wait, hang on. Is that the one? I, no, maybe I have seen that. Does that have the guy from The Simpsons? in that and he's in weirdly good shape is that the one where he's in it as the yoga instructor i, c- I could be wrong about this no 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 i that is uh uh i don't know if he's a yoga instructor uh the, whatever uh, he is it's like at a beach somewhere yeah, and that's he's, a long came poly that's where he <laughs> jesus in my mind <laughs> th- those are associated <laughs> well it's, it's funny that you bring that up because i actually watched that two months ago for an, <laughs> an abandoned project of mine like and this is pre-coronavirus. I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm tired of clicking around endlessly. I'm tired of just staring at my shelf, where I seem to get off more on just like debating what I will watch before actually just watching anything. <laughs> and so I just made a giant list, and I, I called it like the. Uh, it was like the January movies project, and I just like here are the movies that came out in the month of January for the last twenty years. And I was just like, you have to just Holy watch shit. one. This is why I it's a, love that idea. By the way, it 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 was not bad, and I consumed a lot of movies coming out in January, uh, which um, you kind of avoid anything too serious. It's a mixed bag. Yeah, it's a lot of genre fare and stuff that they've kind of thrown ah, away. But, but every once in a while, you get it. You get a get out in the mix. I mean, there's that is true. Some good stuff. So, but you also get a long came Polly, which I'm not bitching <laughs> about. <laughs> but that's why, like with your reference, I'm like, oh no, 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 that is a long came Polly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. Like I sound like a freak for my January movies project, but I also don't want to sound like a freak. Like I just have a uh, long came Polly like right off the cuff. Like I've got it, I've got it right there. No, I I I think that that works perfectly for the dynamic that we're going for in this show. So <laughs> yes, where I uh, I really turn my wife off by googling laser disc players and all of those things. <laughs> um, so French Kiss on on that note, uh, our yes. mutual friend Dave. We did a podcast where we were discussing the American president, and I said it was one of my like comfort food rom-coms that I go to. Like, I don't necessarily think it's like the best uh, or one of the greatest of all time, but it's it's one that I I like. It's to an easy watch. set. Yeah, a lot of great dialogue. I love Annette Bening in it. Um, and so he he mentioned French Kiss as sort of his go-to, and so I'm like, well, you know, since we're having this conversation, I'm a rom-com guy. Maybe I ought to get around to watch that because he, <laughs> it's it's almost it's only slightly offensive, I guess, when your fellow it's, movie buddy keeps mentioning it, and you're like, yeah, I'll get to it. But meanwhile, I've got these January movies for the last two decades. <laughs> <laughs> I've self-imposed to myself. So, just I mean that that's if I'm not mistaken, that's kind of the Harry Met Sally part two, where it's just it's them getting back up at bat again is it meg ryan and billy crystal no. am i right about but that see, this is this is what i was going to propose to you because i like where your head's at uh i had that same thought and what's interesting is 25 years ago in the month of may 1995 there are two <laughs> movies about harry and sally going to france and falling in love but they're competing projects <laughs> like you had meg ryan's and you had billy crystal's now billy, billy crystal's is forget paris with deborah winger who i also love Oh, Jesus. Okay. That one's on HBO right now. Easy peasy. French Kiss is not available to rent (laughs) or own on any digital platform (laughs) that I can see. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Yeah, his favorite. And it's it's a Meg Ryan, Kevin Klein rom-com written and directed by Lawrence Kasdan. Not on Amazon. Not on iTunes. Wait. 
by Lawrence Kasdan wrote that? Yep. Jesus. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, I don't, he directed it. Let me, I might correct myself. I don't know if he wrote it, but I assume because that's his, you know, he has that's his skill set, right? And so I'm looking, it's not streaming anywhere. And I'm like, okay, this is, uh, this is, it fell off a truck moment. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> you forced my hand. It was one of the most frustrating. I didn't. I did. I didn't want to steal it, but you're making me steal it. it. It seems ridiculous in this time frame. I think that's that's part of the whole laserdisc thing was you eventually, when you least suspect it, are going to run up into a brick wall of this world where it's like anything is a click away. There are weird things. Mainstream financially successful films like French Kiss. Just I don't know. I don't know how if it fell through the cracks. Uh, it was a polygram release. I don't know who so, owns the rights to that now, but it's it's not available. You know, want to know a strange one that's not available? Speaking of this kind of idea, um, and I'm glad I own it on DVD. It was something I was looking to upgrade um, the other day. The Contender, still not available on Blu-ray. Wow. Actually, that, that is good. I think I still have that as well. Um, and I, when I did a recording on it, uh, Jameson, who we've talked with before, I think. Sure. <laughs> I think we did, uh, we did an episode on Roar. Do you remember that? Where we like. Uh, it, I do remember that. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very like much the Melanie Griffith movie. Yeah, yeah. If, it fits in this time period of Eat the Rich for sure. Um, so, so give that a a play uh, again, dear listeners. But I was doing an episode with him on the Contender, and he when I suggested the pairing, he's like, I don't know what this is, and you know, he's a diehard movie guy. So they, there are strange ones that just sort of fall through but, and don't pop how, back up. That, that was an Oscar nominated, financially successful. That was I, in my mind, I put it like as successful and well-regarded at the time as like a pleasant fill. And I assume you're a big Joan impossible. Allen guy. You just, well, it, yeah, more than that. You like Joan Allen and sex. That seems to be the, the twofer that you're I, going I, for. I don't dislike it. <laughs> I, I don't know. What's that? What's that one? I, I, I feel like it's only talked about now because Gary Oldman got put in Hollywood jail um, for, for the contender. Do you remember that? I do not. I, I don't he, remember. He was that at really all. angry about how his character uh is the uh, the conservative senator or whatever the fuck he was, uh the antagonist to our, our mm-hmm. Joan Allen. Uh he felt in the final cut that they made him like a mustache twirling villain, which uh I don't often get to disagree with Gary Oldman. Um I, I but I, I rewatched that like thinking like, Oh yeah, they kind of butchered his character. That's why he got so mad he said some uh, things about Steven Spielberg, and then he had a hard time getting acting gigs anymore until uh, Batman Begins. Really? Yeah, he was like, he was sort of like, uh, "Don't touch him," uh, because he huh. just during the publicity of that, he just uh, like threw a big fit, and uh, yeah, he got he got slapped, I guess, a little bit for it. But if you rewatch it, his character is actually probably the most three dimensional, certainly more so than <laughs> than Jeff Bridges, the president, who's just you know he's just he's just a cool president guy, but. Uh, I love that our maniac conversation goes from much like that column I referenced goes to French kiss, forget Paris. <laughs> on the contender. This, is, this is normal for us though. Um, when you're not a fan of what we're talking about, and normally it's something that I've decided that we should watch. Um, we will talk about everything, but the thing that we're talking about. Um, one of our most highly regarded episodes and that like at least one person gave us positive feedback, mm-hmm. uh, our War Machine versus War Horse was when we were talk did our trilogy of the human centipedes. And I think we were talking about Project Greenlight for a good twenty hmm. minutes of that hour and a half conversation. Yeah, we it's a uh, it is a strange thing, uh, this internet, us finding each other. Because I remember a, I don't remember what episode, but you started talking about that uh, the book about the the bonfire of the Vandies, the Devil's Candy. Oh yeah, candy. yeah sure. <laughs> and had it on your wall. <laughs> I had it. I was. I think I was using it uh, on my desk to prop something up, and I just like it was. It was eerie that I was able to then grab it and put it up to the webcam, <laughs> and there it was in my hands. Um, I wouldn't say like you know just to to briefly go back to Maniac. I would not say that this was as bad as I had anticipated. Um, okay, so just to be, there's camera work in here that's not bad. There's a couple of setups that actually work really well. And when you think about other low, super low budget movies of the time, um, I think this is executed far better than something like Friday the 13th. The first one is at least and other films that were sort of came out at this time, like a sleepaway camp or any of those other movies um, that it's, I'm not sure that's necessarily more high minded, but I think it's 
definitely better made than a lot of those other films. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it to me, it actually does sit closer to something like Dress to Kill uh, as sure. far as uh, okay. stylish kind of horror. Uh, I don't know if it's you know uh, regarded as such. I don't know if Maniac will ever get the Criterion <laughs> treatment like Dress to Kill. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems like <laughs> when I was reading on it, uh, this is one of the. Uh, uh, God bless Gene Siskel. This is one of his like few movies that he uh, openly said, "Yeah, I walked out on that," <laughs> 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 which I love because I'm I'm a fan of the walkout myself. I, I like the theatrics of it. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> well, just out of curiosity, do you have a walkout in your personal oh, uh, God experience? Yeah, not, uh, not walking out of your house, but um, walking know. out of a theater. It, that's it's strange that you mention that because I'm far more. Uh, willing to just like it's rare that I actually just stop something and never pick it up again at home. Like I, I mean, I may like this one. You know, life may get in the way, or I'm I'm like trying to to catch it in pieces because uh, I, I don't want to put my poor companion through it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> at the movie theater, I am I, especially during the movie pass days. Uh, I was pretty quick with the trigger that if I felt if I felt this was a waste of my time. Uh, I would walk in. Oftentimes, it was for movies where I was the guest on someone else's podcast, and so I was, <laughs> I was even more bitter. I was like, I didn't even choose this life, uh, and they're not getting any more of my time. Like, if I have enough to do a ten-minute bit on this movie, then I'm good. I don't need to see any more. That's the idiocy of that. That sort of that timing of having movie pass and being deep in podcasting, movie podcasting at that point in time, where. I don't think if you would have been the 17 to 25 year old version of yourself paying the full $10 cover charge to see Jade or whatever it was that you were seeing that week, you wouldn't have necessarily <laughs> walked out so easily. I, I think that's true. Um, from that time period, let's see, I, I walked out on Final Destination uh, pretty oh, quickly. Really? Yeah, I, I thought I did, was not. Not a fan of that, and never came back to that series, which uh, apparently was uh, fairly uh, financially successful. Uh, but just to swing the other way, and I've told this on another podcast, uh, the God, it was the Robert Robert Altman Gosford uh, Park. Yes, that's what it was. And <laughs> my- so it's 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 so strange that those two films um, we were just talking about in my house like this week as things that I have the special the Arrow release of Gosford Park. That's something I, I would like to revisit because I really dig that movie. Uh, <laughs> that and probably Long Kiss Goodnight might be two of my favorite Altman films, hmm. um, kind of bookend, bookending his career to some degree, I guess. But then also Final Destination because I had uh, earlier this week, there was this weird moment where an interview that I did on my, um, my podcast um, because Tony Todd was in the film, not the person that I interviewed for it, but Candyman, who happens to be in Final Destination, retweeted that. And so me and my wife started talking about all the Tony Todd films that we really like and that we kind of felt like the remake that they did of uh, Night of the Living Dead as well as um, the original Final Destination, There's that he's really great and an underused actor. So it's kind of weird that in the same week that would come up. It, it is. It is strange. It is very much like the devil's candy. The <laughs> the panties. Uh, I can only blame that I somehow was uh, like a being John Malkovich style with maniac that I was in your your head for you know, eighty minutes or something. How, how does it feel to be there? By the way, just out of curiosity. Uh, well, much like the uh, my, my other one of my other co-hosts who was really pained about me walking out on Gosford Park. I don't know if you've convinced me totally. Uh, I I think. Because the movie for that one that I, I chose instead was my own personal bag was the Mothman prophecies with uh, Richard Gere. Jesus Christ! I, I thought I, I still think that movie rules. I love that. I, yeah, because <laughs> that, that that movie is. I, I mean, it's fine, mm, but no, it, I, I <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> and you, you, you got the uh, the uh, was it uh, Grace from Will and Grace? It sounds the Kevin Costner movie, right? No, 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 no. Kevin Costner. No, that's what is that one? That's Dragonfly. That was on my. I've, Jesus Christ! I've not I'm gotten. Not getting... to, I didn't get to Dragonfly, but that was on my my January movie list. <laughs> Mothman prophecies. Who's the Who's the star? Is it? 
It's Richard Gere and uh, Richard Gere. his okay. wife is uh, yeah Deborah Messing is his his wife. That, Deborah, uh, wow. Okay. That, uh, passes and starts him on his uh, yeah his his journey to the uh, the supernatural. Uh, yeah, I was I the, the worst thing about this story was I was with a girl. I was on a date and we had <laughs> argued uh, the entire time. I was the Mothman vote. She was Gosford Park. We went in Gosford Park and I think I was such a shit. Uh, like I was like really. <laughs> really playing it up about how okay, interested so, that was and... all right got it the, the, this isn't about the movie <laughs> this is you bringing your personal bullshit to the movie. imagine and being you, her you, you, so you're you're looking at this movie you're you know what? i fuck ryan Phillippe. i'm out of here just go hang out with gear but imagine like how much of a gloat i was when i came out of the mothman prophecy you would have thought that i came out of a fucking magnolia or something that we had seen <laughs> we had seen a new auteur arrive on the stage uh, because I, there's no way i could allow her to to, to win I, I had to be uh, victorious so at, in my choice at, at the end of the year and i would never never use this uh as a barometer of what quality is what got more awards at the end of the year though well, it, look, it's clear. Which one was recognized? It's clear that film? Mark Pellington was screwed on this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe this was a, a well known uh, Oscar snub from, what was it, 2000? <laughs> Oh, it was 2002. It, yet again, this is this is see this is a January movie, January 25th, 2002, the best time of the year. They don't need awards in January. <laughs> Not entertaining them. This is the 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 pure cinema you're getting with the January release. Not that staggered rollout of Gosford Park. None of that bullshit. Put it out there. Opening weekend. Let uh let the American audiences decide. I, I really think you should revisit Gosford Park, but I have a feeling you enjoy hating it mm. more than you would actually enjoy seeing it. So maybe you're better off. The where tragedy you are. here is that I actually didn't contribute with my dollars to the Mothman prophecies because we. <laughs> You sat on your Gosford Park <laughs> yeah. ticket. <laughs> yep. Did that become a franchise? Did they sequelize that as they do most horror and suspense thriller types? Mm, no. I mean, it's that uh, – well, I guess the, you have a lot of that with the like exorcism-style movies where it's like maybe based on – like a supposedly true story, and then they just right. end up doing. A I don't think with the Mothman prophecies though they they did another you know version of that story or like focus on <laughs> another family because uh, that would also be a tragedy, Chris. If you know, I didn't get my series from Final Destination, but if I if there's more Mothman out there and I've not been privy to it, uh, I, I've, I've, that's a failing on my part. See, in my mind, I feel like, and this is. A, I think I saw Mothman prophecies in the theater, but I, I, I put it on the shelf in my mind next to Slenderman as a yeah. once was enough. Don't need to revisit mm -hmm. it. That was, yeah, not very good. It's probably uh, probably came a bit too early for the, uh, you know, the the internet age as far as becoming like some sort of uh, I don't know I don't know if it'd be a meme, but whatever the uh, the modern version of like the uh, the urban legend. It's like because that, that's where the sure. Slender Slenderman. That that was like way more popular on the internet. That by the time the uh, movie came around, it was sort of done with, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. And if you saw the movie, there's a good reason. I mean, you really shouldn't turn memes into movies. I. That's why you go back to the the pure cinema, like Mothman prophecies. No, pure cinema is maniac. God. <laughs> uh, pure cinema is French Kiss and or forget pet, <laughs> forget Paris. That's what we're serving up next. <laughs> <laughs> so can you just out of curiosity um somebody who really despite somebody who doesn't really gravitate towards slasher horror films you've seen a ton of them mm. at this point can you see why this in the sort of the genre fans that go beyond just the surface level stuff why this is a well-regarded movie do you get that does that make sense to you? yeah i mean the the vibe of it um I, you know, I, I think it's like a cousin to uh, Drive with Ryan Gosling. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I'm trying to put myself in that headspace 
<clears throat> of being that sort of, cause you see certainly a lot of young men in particular, really like they really gravitated towards drive. Like uh, even when drive sure. came out, I was probably like <laughs> too old for that group. Uh, cause <laughs> I think it was like, you know, late teens, early 20 somethings. And, uh, that, they, they made that like a part of like the pop culture conversation, but I'm watching maniac. And if we were doing like, War Machine versus War Horse. You could easily do, I think, Maniac versus Drive. And the key difference would be, hey, one's handsome and the hero, <laughs> and well, one is not. <laughs> we know where your vote would land already. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, I would be tap dancing for, for audio content to uh, tr- try to make it seem like Maniac had a chance when really, like, you just put these two, put the mug shots up against each other, Ryan Gosling uh, and, and this guy. Is there is there a moment in Drive, though, where Ryan Gosling caresses his man tits. Hmm. I guess he'd have to have them first. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I'm, this is semantics. Is there a moment <laughs> where he even caresses his pecs? And by the way, that's actually a bigger cinema tragedy that that exists underneath that jacket with the scorpion and it goes to waste. Can I tell you a little preview I have for an episode I want to do with you in August, the end of August? Okay. Because uh, I'm stuck, apparently, in 1995. Like, <laughs> I got rid of January movies, and now I'm like, okay, what was going on in this particular year? Uh, I want I want to do a, a double of Desperado and Drive because Love I, it. The, the the title of the episode can be Who Wore the Scorpion Jacket Better? Antonio Banderas <laughs> or Ryan Gosling? And I think that's a fair fight. I think you know, I, I, no offense to the maniac here, <laughs> to uh, <laughs> Joe Spinell. The, the the difference being the audience is. <laughs> supposed to think the guy in maniac is cool um the fact that people look up to either desperado or to drive that you look at those characters as something you would want to emulate says more about the audience than the films Uh, themselves i don't know about that man i mean antonio banderas (laughs) looking like that like unless he's yes he's a whole bunch of handsome i I get it unless he's you know beating his dog or you know slapping some kids around What's the matter if he shoots a few hundred men? It's <laughs> <laughs> just like smart ass bartenders and, you know, people into some drug shit. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that would be, I tell you what, I, I would allow you to present that case on this episode coming out months down, down the road. If we get around <laughs> to it, you're, you're going to have to like, really, you're going to have to do your research so, this summer. Considering our schedule for releases at this point, I'm assuming this is August, 2021 that we're looking forward to. When we're talking about a quarantine in this episode, no one's going to have any idea what we're even referring to. I released an episode talking about the uh, the Oscar race for the 2017 season in July of 2019. <laughs> and I did not bother to really cut that up too much. That's <laughs> why you shouldn't. Nobody cared, except for the, the poor guest that I had on that was like, oh, cool. I look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> so... I changed hosting providers Hmm. and I've gone back and I've started just like re-releasing episodes day after day after day just to get everything under the one Hmm. roof, Um, downloaded a bunch of my episodes and then I'm just going to put it all up so it looks a little bit cleaner. I at first thought, you know, I could go through and kind of do intros and explain what's going on and when this was recorded. No, just releasing them as they are and no one seems to have noticed at all. It just keeps on trucking exactly how it was before. There really does need to be a better system for, I guess, searching through podcast archives for content. Yeah. Uh, because right now, like, I I kind of do turn to them. If I, like, say, like, Maniac, for example. Like, <laughs> no one should turn to this episode. <laughs> if you really are, are high on Maniac. No content yeah. on Maniac. Uh, but it'll be, it will be titled as such, by God. Um you know, it is like an extended universe version of like the audio commentary or a special feature where if I really get into something and it's not a part of the uh, the new release conversation, which right now you can't can't really have that to the extent that uh, we've had before. I I would I would like that ability, and it's it's actually like kind of problematic to to find that specifically. Like uh, I got Apple Podcasts, which I don't think you I don't think you're an Apple guy. But they no, did I'm something Android. to – I never use their podcast app because I don't like it. I like Overcast. and uh, But I use Apple Podcasts because their search system was better. And they've changed it now to where instead of like just searching for the title of something, so I would just like type Maniac like 1980 or 1981, 
Uh, now, if I type in maniac, it's going to give me like what Joe Rogan, he called someone a maniac <laughs> on this episode. And it's like 500 Joe Rogan you know, episodes where that that's Got in the, the show notes, like something he describes somebody as a maniac. Fucking atrocious. Just terrible. Like, I, I, I thought this was supposed to be uh, like pump up the volume, right? And we're all supposed to be little Christian slaters. And uh, well, it's, it's just become, uh, you know, it's just become the few, the few podcasts they, they sort I, of steer you to. I kind of feel better about that. I'm now we are a lot closer to the Christian Slater. <laughs> so as we continue to fail, uh, you're, you're saying that we're we're you know, we're sort of honoring that legacy <laughs> of being the under, underdog, but but <laughs> more restrictions Absolutely. in place to block us we, from we, ever we, achieving we, success. Okay, we got a taste of success where the download numbers got a little bit too uncomfortable when you started visualizing what that number of people looked like in a room. And it was like, that just didn't make any goddamn sense. Now they're at a place where it makes sense. This is, we deserve the number of people that are in the room. Yeah. I, I, I can say now the numbers are comfortably like me hosting a dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even that seems like more than I deserve. I can't imagine even having, you know, people for dinner and then saying, all right, uh, we're going to do 45 minutes now on uh, Maniac, my search for this laser disc. <laughs> and then uh, also I'm going to complain about Gosford Park for a little bit. And uh, boy, do I really love the Mothman prophecies. Like trying to imagine that with like, you know, 10 to 20 people in front of you. Yeah, no. maybe you're right, Chris. Maybe you're right. We, I think we absolutely have the audiences that we deserve at this point. It was we got in early enough when this was blowing up that apparently the Joe Rogans of the world were the ones that deserved to be there. And we were put in our rightful place at the bottom. We are the maniac to his Mothman prophecy. I don't like that at all. Um, <laughs> that's a really depressing note. Uh, and on that, our time is up, Chris next week, French kiss, forget Paris. Are we doing French kiss next week? Yes. Is that, is that it? Yes. Okay. That is, that is, I, I, I will not let this aggression stand, Mr. Maynard. I, I, I want some, some light and oh. some joy in the world here. Well, I have the follow-up for the week after. All so. right. Hit me with it. No, no. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there in our French kiss conversation because we're going to end up getting too far removed from where we are. <laughs> Maybe we could actually have a conversation about French kiss because really this entire episode has just been the prequel. <laughs> so. You know what? Uh, maybe to help with my uh, the search engine follies out there, I should put uh, Maniac, and then the subtitle is the prequel to our French Kiss podcast. We'll just, we'll just double dip. You know, if someone's looking for French Kiss content, there we go. I, I would almost guarantee there's people, more people out there looking for Maniac content than there are looking for French Kiss content. At well, this if point. you've not but- seen French Kiss, good luck trying to find it. That's the other thing. <laughs> If I go to the, like the canopy site or anything like that, like the library, when those used to be a thing, uh, it was not because I have those on my little. I use an app called Just Watch, and I have mm-hmm. basically yeah. anything, any service that they have in that app, I check on it, whether I subscribe or not. Just just for this reason, in case it's something like, okay, let me can't find French Kiss. I guess I'll sign up for a free trial, whatever this bullshit is. No, it was I was not seeing anything <laughs> French Kiss. So. If you need a copy, uh, 1080 <laughs> that fell off a truck. <laughs> well, I, I think know. I have, I think I have some voodoo, um, rewards points or something that I could probably cash in. So good luck. I, I'm just it, it doesn't to, even exist in that form. You I, can't buy I, it? I tried, I went to, to buy it and I could not, I, it was not on iTunes and not on Amazon. I, so I don't know. You know, if you're forcing me to do it, then I'm not going to feel bad, but I've, been really good for a long time of not stealing and i've tried <laughs> to hold that up but there's that point where there's nothing else you can do and if i'm being assigned then i'll just i guess if i get in trouble at some point in time this will be my evidence that i turn in my hands were behind my back i couldn't do anything Look, i hope so first off we needed the numbers and, and secondly this is a call to action release and by, French kiss. and by the way how accessible was maniac Oh, it was, wasn't it? It was everywhere, I felt like. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I think Amazon Prime had me covered there. And they also were like, hey, do you want to watch the remake? And I'm like, no, nah, but it's there if I want it. Yeah. Could could you imagine Elijah Wood, by the way? I could not. Touch on. Yeah. As this guy. And it, the the thing is on my Apple TV, because uh, it, you know, it has this, I guess with certain apps, which Amazon's a part of, whatever you're watching, it puts a little square on the top of the uh, the screen. It's like, hey, here's where you left off. Here's something yeah. you've clicked on. You want to jump back to that? The They refused to put the bulge on there. And it's always <laughs> yeah, it's Elijah the, Wood. It's just the feet. <laughs> it was, well, no, it was Elijah Wood. And I kept thinking like, wait, is this, did, the, did my box get confused? Is it going to take me to this remake you told me not to watch? And no, it kept taking me back to the proper place. <laughs> the early 80s movie, but they refused to put this guy's face on it. They were always using Elijah Wood. Trying to really? make it more palatable. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I had to get in one more I, shot on his looks. The irony is the Elijah Wood version of it, I it's all the entire film is point of view. So you only see him for a handful of shots when it's him looking in the mirror at himself. That film is entirely in the point of view mm, of the killer. Like that. Isn't that like that prodigy video? Yeah, but try expanding that out for 90 minutes. Yeah, just not for me. It's it's an experiment. It's an interesting idea. Um, don't know if it's successful. You know, you're watching this movie and it's a slasher and then he looks in the mirror and you go, oh, look, Frodo, there he is. And then it goes back to the, you know, whatever that you've been watching before. So, um, I would like the, uh, the Maynard, uh, audio track running there where it's, <laughs> Oh, look Frodo <laughs> just for a brief moment. <laughs> Am I the only person that when they see Elijah Wood that they say, Oh, look Frodo. So, you know, if I see the picture of him at South by Southwest smoking a cigarette on a, a rental, you know, whatever, uh, scooter going down the street and that's yeah it's frodo to me i mean i guess i don't know i don't know what the hip version would be as far as if you're at a point and call him a character like uh radio flyer would that be <laughs> would that be more his, his speed would he at least give you a, like a a bob of the head like yeah right on i am radio flyer i don't know but then then at the end of the day you're doing that to try to get acceptance from frodo so you know what? Fuck you for trying. He's Frodo. Stop it. He's not Radio Flyer. There's no way there's a person that he's more Radio Flyer than Frodo in your mind. That is a weird, a weird insult you're giving to this man. Just a strange. I mean, the faculty would that be okay? How about that? Is he the hero of the faculty? It's not that it's unacceptable. I mean, I would I would definitely like to watch the faculty probably more than I would rather watch Return of the King. Um more that I, I like watching most Josh Hartnett movies. So and kind of I guess on that Robert Rodriguez thing again, but it's I would be dishonest if I was saying that he's <laughs> not better known for another role in his career. <laughs> The fact that I don't, I like the faculty more, but I don't know the name of the character that he plays in that film. Fair point. Because I, I yeah, even Radio Flyer, I can't, I don't know if it was Tom or Jake or whatever. Uh, the faculty, he was Casey Connor. Iconic role, Casey Connor. Sure. <laughs> this has been our Maniac episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Internet.